You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to episode 95 of Three Geeky Ladies. I'm Elisa Paselli, and with me is the gang, Suze Gilbert and Vicki Stokes. Yay. Hello. Yay. Happy New Year. Happy, happy, happy 2012. Uh, oh, 2012? I keep saying 2012. I meant wow. 2017. <laughs> I'm, you feel five years younger. I know. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. <laughs> little, <laughs> little too much celebrating there, huh? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> No, we had Prosecco. I love, you know, I, I really haven't been a Prosecco fan. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but we, I had it in France and now I like it because it's just, it's just dry enough for me, but not too dry. So we had Prosecco for, for well, it's so concerned. It's never, it's never too dry. Nothing. Ever too dry. I don't like sweetness in, 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 in liquor at all. Yeah. Feel. I'm not either. I'm not a sweet person yeah. as far as that. You're yeah. not a sweet person. <laughs> I was, I was in bed before 11 o'clock. What'd you say? I was in bed before 11 o'clock on New Year's. Oh, yeah, I was too. I thought New Year's, the balls, the whole thing. I mean, Mariah Carey, of course, with her fiasco. You saw that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we always stay up and watch the ball. But it just seems so lackluster. It's just not, I mean, on one channel, you have Kathy Griffiths with her overstretched face and her (laughs) fake laugh. And her always hitting on Anderson Cooper. And then, you know, then you have Ryan Seacrest on. I, I don't know. It's just the eh. I, I, I bring back Dick Clark. <laughs> I know that was that was fun. The back zombie. Then. <laughs> yeah, even we looked a little embalmed at the end. I mean, still, yeah, I don't know. It was. Yeah, but he really was, will be. He really if we bought him back, he really would be embalmed. <laughs> Well, you know, my husband and I had always thought about doing, um, when we lived in Maine, about, you know, our, my aunt and uncle live in uh, very close to New York City. And I thought, well, would it be fun to do Times Square at New Year's? But oh, no. from what no, I no, understand, no. it's not, I mean, you have to stake out really early. Your, mm-hmm. and, and there's no place really to go to the bathroom. You have to go. There isn't. So I, no. I thought, um, no, I don't. No, think it's, I guess. It's, it sounds like a good idea, but it's not. I'm going to take that off. See, I think it would be fun if we knew someone who lived there or if the hotels weren't exorbitant. Yes. And then you could just look out the window and watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would probably enjoy it if you were 20 years old. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Or young. No, because you're lining up at 10 o'clock in the morning. And like you said, you know, people, they pee where they stand because they can't leave the line. Yeah. And you can't get any food. And it's, 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 it's no. Madness. Basically, you wear a diaper. I would think, right? <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. No, seriously. Depends, I would think. If you, I mean, you'd have to. And that would still be gross. And but then, it's still disgusting. We, we, <laughs> we when, when I lived in New Jersey, we went one year and we lost uh, most of the people we were hanging out with. <laughs> we couldn't find them. And so we just all left separately you know, to get back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was just like I said, geez, halfway through. And it just wasn't any fun because it was just me and one other girl. We were together. And I think one person got lost on there, uh, separated from us. And she was by herself. And this, these two guys were off somewhere. And it just we didn't even have any fun because we, we weren't hanging out together. We, we, I don't know how we got separated, you know, but we did. And it was just this was sort of for me and this other girl. 
we did weren't that familiar with New York, but we knew how the hell to get back to Union Station. <laughs> That's what we did. Yeah. <laughs> to Grand Central? Grand Central, yeah. Yeah, Grand Central Station, sorry. Yeah. Well, we had wanted to record last week, but my husband in his uh, sharing mode decided to give me his cold. And there was just no way I was going to be able to podcast last week. So it's still lingering a little bit. So if you do hear a, a sniffle or a drink of water, I apologize. I will try to hit the mute button to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, but before we talk about our topic of the day, we do want to uh, briefly talk about some feedback that we had received recently. And the person... I, I think it's a woman, so I apologize if you're listening and it's a man, but I, I'm going to refer to her as a, as a woman. She made some comments about me talking about the Apple Watch. And she was basically saying that, no, it's not going to give me steps when I'm knitting and that I really don't know what I'm talking about. That is, first of all, that angers me. You, ha- I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to say bad words. It angers me because what this person is saying is that my experience isn't real. My experience is my experience. And for me, when I move my arms, it counts as steps. And let me give you two examples very briefly. Wednesday night, my husband and I went to a play. When we sat down, the play started at 730 and I looked at my watch and it recorded 9,965 steps, all of which were crocheting earlier in the day. But we'll put that aside. At the intermission 80 minutes later, I looked at my watch and I noticed it had given me credit for a standing for the hour, the eight o'clock hour, which how could that be? I was sitting watching a play. I looked at the steps. My steps were at 10,063. How did I do another almost 100 steps while I was sitting there? Well, it was because I was fidgeting. I was looking through my pocketbook during the intermission, looking for some tissues and a snack, and all that hand movement gave me 100 steps and caused me to have an hour of standing time. Never never stood up. Yesterday, I sat down to crochet and I purposely looked at my watch and it said 550 steps. I didn't move for two hours. I mean, I was sitting in that chair for two hours. At the end of the two hours, I had two hours worth of standing credit And I was up to 5,500 steps. So knitting and crocheting and moving your hand adds steps to the watch. Maybe it doesn't with the current watch, but it does with my original watch. Well, Lisa, you know, and there's there's, um, Apple Inc. If the person wants to go to Apple Inc., um, there is some correction on that, too, because... It very clearly states that when you wear an Apple Watch during your general daily activities, it uses and I'll I'll send the person the link if they want it. This goes for the i uh, the watch one and two. It uses arm motion to track movement via its accelerometer. So I don't mind when people give us constructive criticism. That's always welcome. But when people I think um, make accusations saying that you know you're not experts. We have never, uh, Vicki, Elisa, and I have never proclaimed to be experts. 
Um, we are, uh, we just love Apple products and we love talking about a- apps and Apple products. But to sit there and say, do you not know how an accelerometer and GPS works? Well, please go to the Apple Inc. website because I think you might have some issues with how it works as well. Because that is one thing I did mention on our podcast when I was borrowing my son's watch is that, you know, I, I found that it was giving me steps and, and um that I hadn't done and I was sitting and it was giving me steps, but it was the arm movement. And I think I told you uh, when my friends came to visit, both, all of them had Apple watches and we went down, I brought them down to Waco. So they were sitting in the car um, an hour and a half down to Waco. We went to a restaurant, we had beer and we had dinner. And then we went over to Magnolia, uh, which is Fixer Upper's uh, Joanne's shop there. And then they got in the car again. And one of them registered 10,000 steps. I guarantee you, she did not do 10,000 steps. So, it, you know, people, if they, if this, this uh, reviewer wants to go and investigate this on Google, she will find that it comes up continuously that there is some erroneous uh, activity monitoring because of the arm movement via the accelerometer. It has nothing to do with the GPS. It has more to do with the accelerometer. So when you're, you know, you're moving your arms because that's how it works with the watch it's measuring arm movement distance to your arm movement so maybe she wants to look at some more technical information about that so she can um understand it but you know constructive criticism is always helpful but when you're angry at something and i you know i don't know why she listens to us if we irritate her so much you know (laughs) well well the other thing she mentioned was the other thing she mentioned was battery life. That she said that her she can do different activities throughout the course of the day, use her watch, and she still has plenty of life at the end of the day. I don't. Mm-hmm. If she has a, now, if she has a series I'm, two, I'm, and you have a series one. Exactly. Well, there will be a difference in battery and, life. Yeah. And my understanding is the series two is known for better battery life. I have the original Apple Watch. My battery just doesn't last, and sometimes I don't make it to eight o'clock at night when it's down to like eighteen percent. Oh, let me correct that. The, I'm, we are assuming that that person has a series two. She does. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. She does. She did. She did mention it. She did mention it in her feedback. Okay. So I think that's fabulous that she has all that battery life with all her activity. That's great. Maybe she doesn't. Mine, maybe she doesn't knit. So this is not no, an issue for her. Mine. <laughs> no, mine doesn't. Yeah. And I think what I'm basically saying out of this is, like Suzanne said, if you have something constructive to say, that's great. But don't tell us that our experience is wrong because it's not your experience. Yes, yeah, you know we all have we all have different things. There are some people that absolutely love uh, photos, and other people who can't stand it, and people who love the Apple Watch, and people who don't, et cetera, et cetera. We all have different experiences. We have different uh, different computers, different iPads, different ISPs, different Wi-Fi networks in our home, just different areas that we live in, just different circumstances. Yeah. And not all of us are going to have the exact same experience for every single thing. Yeah. Um, so you have to take all that in consideration. That's true. And, you know, that's why when, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, a year ago or so, someone um, had reviewed because I said, you know, iCloud was not working properly. and it was replicating my photos in, you know, triplicate. 
And instead of saying, well, that's not, you know, my experience, they were thinking, oh, you don't know how to use iCloud. Well, again, Google's your friend, people. You know, it's it's well known through Apple forums that for some reason, you know, people have really tried to find workarounds this. You know, they have... Um, you know, shut off iCloud and, and done it over, but it doesn't matter. It's still there. And for some, it's not every photo, but many photos are, um, mm -hmm. are replicated it, in, even on photos on my Mac. So, but again, that's my experience. It tends to be a lot of other people's experience. Just because it's not your experience doesn't make it valid. You know, that it, it you know, you just, um, you just have to keep an open mind that, you know, it's like when people download an app, uh, for instance, you know, some people will have problems with that app and it'll crash and crash and crash. And, you know, they'll they'll give the one star reviews. And some people say, I haven't had any crashing problems, you know, and I'm using the same phone and mine's great. It, it You know, it's technology, people. It's not perfect. And, you know, I, I agree with you, Lisa, just because that's not one person's experience doesn't mean that it's not your experience, you know, and people have to be a little uh, open minded about that, I think. Why don't we provide that link uh, that you have um yeah, to say yeah, in uh, show notes. Yeah. Yep, definitely. I'll provide that. So if anybody does uh -huh. have any questions, they can see that, you know, she is um, not correct as far as that because it is uh, people are complaining about uh, erroneous uh, steps because of the, you know, of our movement. Like you said, Lisa, you know, when you're knitting, of course, that's probably going to give you more steps. Just like when my friends were drinking beer, they got to, I mean, I suppose that's one way to do your activity, you know. Just <laughs> Yeah. Lift, lower, lift, yeah, lower, lift, lift sip, lower. Sip and lower, <laughs> sip and lower. <laughs> we, we do like feedback. And so we're not saying we don't want any feedback, but um, we really felt that this should be addressed because it, uh, we felt that some of the information wasn't quite constructive. I, I think constructive yeah. criticism. It's just like, you know, when I was in art school, um, when we had crits, you know, critiques, you put up your work, you have to you know, your work is up there. So, you know, people, some people are going to like it. Some people are not, but as our professors always said, make sure it's constructive. You can't just say, well, I don't like that. You know, I didn't like the way they used purple there. I didn't like the value study that they, you know, that you have to be specific and, you know, because it gives us room to grow, you know, and that's the most important thing in life is growing, you know, growing from um, feedback and mistakes and every other thing. Yeah. We don't have any problems with people disagreeing with us. As a matter of fact, I think it's interesting to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't agree Me with you. Too. So Me too. she's welcome. I would love to have a conversation with her. She wants to join us. You know, you know what? We get our links, you know, our emails mm. and so forth. Yeah. Mm. So she can clarify herself. Or is it, mm. I'm assuming that's a she. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, it's, it's hard to know, you know, and people. Yeah. Yeah. So what we want to talk about this time was uh, our tech changes of 2016. And one of them, if you couldn't figure it out on your own, is I'm not loving the Apple Watch anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to go into great detail because I think I already did. But there is one story I do want to relate that is just mind boggling. One of the things that I've done with the watch is, um, if you don't know, I'm also co-hosting Geekiest Show Ever with... Um, Kevin Alder, Melissa Davis, and Mike McPeak. Kevin and Melissa recently got a watch. And one of the things that you can do with the watch is you can share your activity with other people. And it's kind of like a motivation. Hey, they they walk 10,000 steps. I'm going to walk 10,000. Are you 10, sure it's not bragging rather than... Uh... <laughs> it's, it's motivation, okay. you know, so we kind of like keep each other in check. So 
10 days. So this is what, December 15th, I go to the gym. And I, it's nine o'clock in the morning, it's nine o'clock hour, and I hit the activity button. I always do quick start. And I go on the treadmill, do everything else. And all of a sudden, I get this text from Kevin and then Melissa. And it was really confusing. It was like, way to go. That's awesome. I'm just like, what? Like, it was just very, like, I can't believe you did all that. That was incredible. And I looked down at my watch. It had given me over 500 minutes of exercise credit. Wow. And I just, I like, what? And then it said that I had been standing since midnight. Now, it didn't do this when I first woke up in the morning. When I first woke up in the morning and put the watch on about 7.30, everything was at zero. I have absolutely no idea. I'm like, what? So at the gym, I turned the watch off, turned it back on again, still showed me at the 500, like 554 minutes. I went home. I updated the watch OS. Didn't change. Hmm. So I called Apple. Advisor had me update the phone. So I updated the phone. It still stayed at the 554 minutes, and it did not change until it zeroed out the next morning. And the advisor had no, he's, he had no idea what was going on. But, but this is what kind of irritated me. He said, I will call you back tomorrow. And I said, like, call me back late afternoon, like 4 o'clock. He goes, I'm going to call you back tomorrow, make sure everything is working okay. He never called me back. Mm-hmm. And... That that did not make me happy. So when Apple sent me a survey asking me how they did, I told them how they did. Yeah. I said, not following through just gave me a negative opinion because he was very nice. He understood what was going on. He asked, because I also mentioned the knitting, uh, getting steps credit. And he goes, wow, that shouldn't be happening. And he didn't really understand how knitting works. He goes, well, how do you move your arm? I said, well, you're not moving your arm like you're swinging a tennis racket. Right. But you are moving your arm. And he goes, okay. He goes, well, that shouldn't be happening, but I guess it is. I said, yeah, and it has been. But I think it's so, isn't it part of the calibration? Because don't you? I I thought when I took when I was borrowing my son's watch, I had to calibrate it. So it it met it because it measures your arm movement for that calibration. Am I correct in saying that? Or you know, it's been over a year, so I can't remember to be honest with you. Have you ever think, thought about re- maybe recalibrating? That's probably what I need to do. Yeah is to go back in and recalibrate. Because to me, if it's, if, it's, if it's doing such short arm movements, like for knitting or drinking a beer, like I mentioned before, to me, that should be a calibration issue because it should be a wider arm spring. Because when you um, swing, excuse me, because when you're walking and you swing your arms, I would imagine that's, that's what it's measuring for steps with your, with your swinging of the arms. I would, you know, for the calibration. But I wish there was another way to measure it because think about the times that you're, say, walking across a grocery store or Target or something and your arms are full. So your arms are across your chest mm-hmm. or you have a child in your arms. So you can't swing your arm. And maybe you've walked 200 steps walking across the store, but you get zero credit. Right. Yeah, you're, you're, you you're, have, pushing, you weren't, you're pushing a basket. Your arm's not moving. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. When I push the basket, mm-hmm. I get zero credit for it. And it will, it will, it will buzz me and say... Time to stand up. I'm like, what do you think I've been doing for the last half hour? I've been walking up and down the aisles, but my hands are on the cart. So if you're holding things against your chest or, you know, because you've got a lot of big items or you're holding a child, you don't get any credit for those steps. You know, I want to get, I want to get my step credit when I'm actually moving. I don't care. I don't care if I sit down and I'm at a thousand steps and I'm knitting for an hour and I stand up and I'm at a thousand steps. That's how it should be. 
Mm-hmm. I'd like to see about people that, you know, are are doing movement like, you know, typing a lot, you know, or doing short arm movements. If they have the Apple watch, how that's working for them. If there's a, a huge disparity between, you know, what they're actually doing for activity as opposed to arm movement. And does it just boil down to, you know, calibration or not? Yeah. But typing is just your fingers moving. So that oh, yeah, you haven't seen me typing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. My sister does the one finger thing, so her hand moves all over. Yeah. Well, so that's you. me, too. I'm, I'm a one. Yeah. My two, my two pointer fingers. Finger typer. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably get 20 million steps for that. Yeah. I've always been a one finger typer. My husband said, How can you type like that? I mean, seriously? And I took typing in school. I memorized the, you know, the whole. And I can't. Yeah. The keyboard's not that hard, but I just can't. I've always typed with one or two fingers. Yeah, I do too. Good. I'm, I just find it easier and quicker. I'm just really disappointed in Apple Watch, even though I don't want one and that couldn't see it being a part of my life. Um, I just wanted so much more for mm-hmm. that product. And I'm getting the feeling that uh, Apple has lost some of its little shine. You know, Now, it could very well be that if I bought it a Series 2, the most current generation, that I fall madly in love with it. Yeah, but that it does what I want it to do. You know, just other products, you know, like the lackluster MacBook Pro and in my opinion, even now the iPhone seven, you know, it's well, I, I think with the iPhone is a situation where you you there you have to run out of things you can do with it, you know, pretty much. Um, but um I'm just wondering if Mr. Cook is has what it takes to keep Apple moving forward. That's a really good point. I think that's a really good point because when you look at the MacBook Pro when it came out, it was a huge disappointment. And, you know, when I was speaking to somebody at the Apple store here in Dallas, when I brought my Mac in, I was telling him I really want to upgrade to the MacBook Pro, but it's using pretty much last year's technology. You know, the the the, the video card, um, you know, the Intel. Ch- he said, and he agreed. He said the same thing. He was going it's to upgrade. Pretty much with, the same as and mine. And he works there. He freaking works there. I yeah. got it in mid 2014. I can see justify getting a new one now. Yeah, because um, just, he, he works there. Be... He said, I totally agree with you. He said, mm-hmm. I, I, that's why I'm not upgrading. He said, and you know, and he, he probably gets a pretty nice discount, but I said, I just can't see where it's pro. You know, I just. Maybe if I still had my 2011 MacBook Air, I would have done it, but I wouldn't have gotten that touch bar thing. You know, because I don't see the purpose of that. Well, uh, if you think about Apple and you think, you know, I think. It's really interesting because I know in the 80s, Microsoft was the company. Who ever thought Microsoft Star would not shine anymore? You know? I mean, seriously. <laughs> it was, I, well, you know, I didn't because if you think, of, they remember they packaged everything when you, you know, you bought a you bought a computer and everything had Microsoft in there. I just never thought anybody would ever take them I on. I just always thought the products had too much stuff in it and it was just too much of a learning curve to do simple things. So I hated th- th- those products, but you don't, you have to use them. So I learned, right. them, you know, the, I do think that as far as, I mean, as far as a phone is concerned, how much more can you design a phone? I mean, I mean, it already is a mini computer in our hand. I mean, so yes, you can go bigger and make it a phablet. Uh, you can improve the camera. 
Yeah, tons of apps that that, that does that. Yeah, and even the App Store, if you look at it, I remember when the App Store first came out when I had my 3G. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, photo apps are this and the photo app. I used to have, I, I mean, I was downloading thousands of apps. Of course, I was reviewing them as well. I was reviewing apps at the time for Pocket Size Podcast. But, however, now... You know, it's just nothing has come out that's just spectacular. I think the last app that I bought that was um, worth anything was Enlight. I thought that's a really nice photo app. I really like it. Um, You know, I think developers now are finding it harder to make money in the app store. Mm -hmm. There's more uh, people are getting tired of the in-app purchase model. You know, so you get a freemium app, which means basically you can download it for free. But in order to really do anything with the app or remove a watermark, you know, you have to pay three or four ninety nine. Well, is the app really even worth that? You know, because if it's just run of the mill, you, you know, I just find there's a ennui. There's kind of like a boredom now. You know, people have downloaded a lot of apps. There's people really want the social media apps. Um, I don't know. I just. I think the Apple Watch, it just hasn't fascinated me enough to buy it. I think if it w- was Wi-Fi, I mean, if I didn't have to have my phone all the time, I mean, totally. If it was totally divorced from the phone, I would probably buy it. But it's not divorced from the phone because it would be nice to run out and have everything on my um, wrist that I didn't need to, to have on, uh, on my phone. You know, I could leave my phone totally at home. So. Yeah. I think they could have done better with the MacBook Pro, but I will say, I love my iPad Pro. (laughs) My my 9.7 inch iPad Pro. I love it. (laughs) Love it. Love it. Love it. Apple scored five stars as far as I'm concerned with the iPad Pro. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Suze, what is your feeling about uh, recommending that particular model to someone who is not a graphic artist, not a photographer, but just wants a new iPad? Well, for one thing, there's a price point. And if you're going to buy the iPad Pro, really, for to buy the iPad Pro, you want the Apple Pencil. Because that's, let's face it, that's, that's, that's the beauty of it. It's like, it's like buying, you know, um, balsamic uh, vinegar without buying any olive oil. You know, they, they work in tandem with each other. For me, I had the iPad Air 2, and that was a beautiful iPad, and I was very happy with that iPad. I loved the camera in it, not that I took a lot of iPad pictures with it, but I just, I loved uh, the responsiveness of it. Um, if somebody was going to buy an iPad and they're not a graphic artist and, they, and they're, they're not interested in using the pencil, then I would say, then buy the iPad Air 2 and get like the uh, Adonit pressure-sensitive um, stylus to go with it. But if you are really into writing, you know, even if, you know, you, uh, you know, calligraphy, anything, then you really need the iPad Pro with the pencil because it's just, it's just a wonderful, it's just a, a, a wonderful uh, tablet. It really is. Um, I find it's very responsive, more so than the iPad Air 2. And I was not unhappy with my iPad Air 2, but I really wanted the Apple Pencil because I draw. I use my iPad Pro as a sketchbook. That's what I use it for. I'm always sketching in it. I'm drawing in it. Um, I found this really cool technique the other day. I was in Procreate. And 
I just had downloaded some oil painting brushes off of um, his, he has, oh, he has a store on Selfie and he offers, it's called Ultimate Ink and his name is Spencer. And I think he goes like by Juno VHS or something, but I, he had a bunch of, he had a sale on, on his Procreate brushes. So Procreate for those of you that don't know what Procreate is, it's probably the best art app on uh, for iOS. And so, and they're always updating it too. It's it's made by Savage, uh, the company, and it's just wonderful. So I was took some of those oil painting brushes in different colors. I just made a background. I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And I thought, hmm, you know, I wonder, I wonder if I should, you know, use this. I was thinking monotype. I was thinking of trying to do some digital printmaking. So I put another layer on it. And I, th- this was accident. That's why. And there's this technique you, you learn in art school called um, scravito and it's scratching through. So basically you see that a lot with uh, ceramics where maybe you have finished your ceramic piece and you've done a slip on it and then you scratch through it. And so you bring, you go through the layers in other words. So I took my Apple pencil and I had put a black layer on top. And then I did a white layer, but you could just, just the responsiveness. I mean, it's just, so you have this color in the background and this layer on top. So, you know, calligraphy, it would be really cool with, you could write on top of that and the color would come through, through the letters. Um, If you wanted to do any type of, um, I was thinking of actually doing like a digital monoprint and then cutting those out and using them uh, graphically and printing them out. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I really love it. I'm always on my iPad. And, you know, it's got a great camera. It's got everything on there. I don't know. I, I, think, I think Apple did a fabulous job with the iPad Pro. I almost, I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I can, I wouldn't mind having two of them. I wouldn't mind having a big one now either. <laughs> but I won't. But I could, you know, now I'm thinking, because I'm so used to the 9.7 inches. I could see myself probably going for the 12. I can't even believe I'm saying that, but I could see myself, you know, maybe even wanting a bigger surface later on, but I'm happy with this right now. Well, there's rumors of new iPads being announced this spring. So I don't know. Keep your eye open. I don't know how they, what they can do. I see the thing is, is that when I think Apple sometimes almost backs itself into a corner because when you come out with, okay, the iPad pro 12, what was that? 12.9 or 12 point something. You know, I didn't want it. It was too big for me because, you know, I travel and I, like I said, I use this as a sketchbook um, and I use a lot of art apps on mine, but I wanted something that was a little more powerful and to have the Apple pencil. But then they came out with this size, the 9.7, which I love, but what else can they do to it? I mean, it's got a wonderful camera. It shoots video, shoots everything. What else do you do with the device? I think they're they're kind of like that with the with the next iPhone as well. What else can you do with it? Well, they need to add more ports to it. The iPad. Yeah, but um, and that's then they're, they're always point. interested in making something really thin for some strange reason. But. Yeah, they are. They are. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much over that. But Apple I am too. Has yeah. Always been yeah. so stingy. Mm-hmm. with their devices on the ports. Like I did mm-hmm. buy um, the adapter so you can, you know, download your camera card mm-hmm. into the iPad and everything, which is, yes. that's, that's good. But they are, yeah, I agree with you, Vicki. For some reason, they will not put a USB port on, on yeah. an iPad. They Still want to stay thin and you can't, you can't put one in there. No. Yeah. So. 
But, you know, for, an, for a tablet and a phone, I get the thinness. It is nice to have a thin phone. And I never yeah. thought I'd say this because I loved my 5S. I loved the weight of my 5S. But now that I had the 6S, I don't think I could go back to um, yeah. a bigger phone. You get phone. used to it. You get used to it. Like my iPhone 7 made me realize I didn't need the iPad mini. I just stopped using it. So, well, they ha- Apple yeah. has a commercial out right now. I think it's in Greece. It's a girl. She's got the mm-hmm. um, iPhone 7 Plus, and she mm-hmm. has the portrait mode that gives you the depth of field, so that blurs out the background. So, it, you know, yeah. when you're taking a picture, picture of someone, it's wonderful because you've got your photo in focus, mm-hmm. but the background is, is slightly out of focus. And yeah. Yeah. that depth of field is fabulous. You know, I have to do that with apps usually. Uh, yeah. Unless I'm using my, you know, uh, digital cam- uh, professional camera. But um, I thought, you know, I never wanted a big phone, but I know that's only available on the 7 Plus. So I would probably, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I hate when Apple does this to me. I'll probably yeah. have, to, I'll have to upgrade to the big <laughs> the phone. Plus, yeah. yeah, I don't think I could go back to the small one. It, it, it just doesn't feel right anymore. But uh, uh, Elisa, you, you have an iPad. What? What do you still use yours for? Oh, my gosh. I watch so much Netflix and podcasts. Yeah, I do a lot, a lot of video watching. Okay, I don't do videos on small screens. I just... See, I don't have a problem Mm -hmm. with that. It's it's just, you know, going back to my knitting, I'm in my craft room. I just, you know, prop it up on my desk and... It's it's for me it's fine. I don't need that big screen experience. I know a lot of people do and that's fine. But for me, I'm totally good just watching it on, on that screen sitting there, do my thing, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you can chart out knitting. I've charted out a knitting graph on my mm-hmm. iPad. Yeah, they've got, um, I've got, um, what is it? Oh, I can't think of what it's called. I have an app. There's Good Reader, but there's also another app, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, that you can do, uh, you can scan in your knitting uh, uh, directions and whatnot, and then you can do it that way. Oh, cause um, see, I think they also have it for cross-stitch, too. You can put cross-stitch in, too. I did mine on um, note shelf because you get the um, dotted, you know how you just, you have the dotted um, or the grid paper. Mm-hmm. And because yeah. I'm doing a um, a vest in, with the Bavarian Twisted Knit Stitch, which is this stitch that has a lot of, you have to travel stitches. Um, mm-hmm. And it's complicated. So I had to, I had to chart it all out. But I loved being able to do that digitally it was fabulous because normally yeah the only reason why i don't do that is because i'm watching something on netflix i can't sit in silence there's always got to be something going on well i so, listen to you guys anymore because i don't know which one of you didn't like the man in the high castle oh my me gosh it's fabulous uh nope 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 i barely made it through season one. Oh, it's good I watched the first episode of season two, and I said, "That's it. I'm done." I was so bored. <laughs> really, I did. I would never consider that was a boring show. I thought, yeah. it- but I am back to the wire. I am back to the wire. It's only been a year, but I finally went back to it. I just started season three yesterday. I thought well, you didn't I watched- like. I thought you didn't I like the wire. The wire is. Awesome. I hated the wire the first time. My husband and I watched it. We did not like it. But so many people mm-hmm. said, you got to watch it, you got to watch it. So I said, okay, I'll go back. I liked season one. I did not really care for season two as much. But from the reviews I read, they said season two was the weakest of them all. And now I just started season three. Yeah. I, I liked the show all the way to the very end. And I was very disappointed that, that that was the last season. Generally, the last season of a series is just like throwaway. 
but they went yeah. to a whole new di- dimension of, of the storyline and it was just it was just really interesting um very well written you know oh yeah it was excellent i mean breaking bad is my number acting. one yeah. Break, Breaking Bad's number one, The Wire is two. Oh, The Wire is fabulous. I got it in reverse. Wire one and then Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah. And they had, you know, all of the actors, you know, I've, um, I know Idris um, did well. You're in, lo- you're in love with him. Oh, God, I am in love with him, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I, my husband knows. He knows that. He knows yeah. that if Idris ever comes knocking on the door, I'm out of here. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I'd love to see him as Bond. Oh, God, I think Idris Elba would be well, he's great. He's going to do one. that um, Stephen King, uh, Dark Castle thing. Oh, is he? Oh, I didn't he see that. The, yeah, he's playing the man in black. Because um, the other thing was, uh, you know, so many of them were are such good actors. Actors, yeah. You see them on different things. You go, wow, yeah, that's a Like guy Omar. I, I was in love with Omar, mm-hmm. too. Omar was yes, a Omar is character. Good. You know, yeah. he he was compassionate, but yet he was really. Oh, he's uh, on the series Happen Leonard on Sundance Channel. It's based oh. on the book, the book series, TV uh, book series. Yeah. Oh, so you know that? Yeah, yeah, I guess I liked him too. Yeah. But you know, so Vicky, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. Because I was thinking, you know, yeah, we all stream. I you stream on. I Vicky, you have an iPad, right? No. <laughs> I, I, just, I thought, well, I thought you were going to get one for Christmas. No? No. I'm done with iPad. <laughs> I thought you said that, but then I thought, I thought we, I, I could have sworn you said you were going to get one for Christmas. I said, I, I have no need for iPads. Okay. I, I, I haven't had one in years. So that's it. See, yeah. I do everything on the iPad. I can't even imagine. Well, I got my mm-hmm. MacBook Pro and I got my, I, uh, my big old iPhone 7 Plus. So I really, and that had gone down small. I had the iPad mini, you know, so, and I just wasn't using it. I, I don't see the purpose of it. Yeah, my husband you know? loves his mini. Yeah. Vicki, you and I uh, originally said no iPhone 7 for us after the announcement because we yeah. just didn't see anything that was compelling. And then what did we both do? Yeah, yeah we bought one. We bought iPhone 7. It cost 7. me practically no money, you know, to, to upgrade. Exactly. Yeah, so. Exactly. I, we yeah. traded ours in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I had two months left payment on my iPhone 6. Mm-hmm. I paid that off in the store, got the iPhone 7, and I paid an extra $100 to get the 128 gig. In fact, any day now I'll be getting my bill. And what, what they do, in case you don't know, at least with AT&T, is they charge you full price for the first three months. So if it turned out to be, say, $35 a month for the phone, you get charged $35 a month. And then in the fourth month, they refund you the $35 a month times three, so $105, and they charge you $100 divided by 24 months, so Mm -hmm. like $4 and change. Mm -hmm. So you'll get billed $35, then you get credited $31, so you're paying like four bucks a month. So I can't just give you the $100, but they said no, because in that way they've got me for the two years. Okay, ladies, I'm going to have to cut out. I got something that's popped up here at home. So, bye, Vicky. Okay, bye bye. We bye. Okay. One of the things that I changed, um, I don't think you took advantage of this, Suze, is I bought an Amazon tap and a dot. No, I haven't done that. I have not. Yep. Yeah, they're kind of cool. I haven't really played with it as much. I just really haven't had the time, so I really need to sit down and play with it. The dot I bought at Christmas time, 
And that's the one that's, it was $40. I have that sitting on my nightstand. And that's kind of nice because when you, when you know, if I'm in bed and I'm reading, I could just say, um, hey, magic word. I won't say it because I don't want all these uh, devices to go off. But you go, you know, hey, magic word, play some classical music. And it will say shuffling classical music on Amazon Prime. And then it will just start playing some music. Or I could say set an alarm for 730 tomorrow. Or what's the weather forecast for tomorrow? And it will tell me. It's great. The, now, how does that different from Echo? It's the same as the Echo. That's what I in, thought. In, in that respect. Okay. In, this, in that respect. Yeah. But the Echo is, um, it's larger. It has the built-in speaker. Okay. Where the dot is very small. And it. I was concerned about the speaker because I thought, wow, if I play any music or anything from it, I want it to sound halfway decent. Mm-hmm. And it's not that bad. I mean, it's not. It's not like using a Bose or a, a Sonos or anything. But it's not bad, especially because you're only listening for a few minutes. Not Not a deal. Uh, the tap, the thing I like the tap better than the echo. I don't have an echo, but I like the idea of the tap better than the echo. With the echo, it always has to be plugged in. With the tap, it doesn't. The tap I can bring around the house with me, and I used to, I was bringing it outside by the pool with me over the summer. And what's nice is the speaker is 360 degrees. The whole thing is speaker. And in order for it to work, you have to touch it, where the echo is always on. So if you're in your kitchen and you're cooking, you can just say, set a timer for 10 minutes. And from what other people have said, it will do multiple timers as opposed to Siri, which will only do one. So if you're cooking different things, you can say, okay, if you know the potatoes have to cook for half an hour, you can say, set a timer for 30 minutes. Set a timer for 45 minutes because that's how long the the meat will take. And then set a timer for 10 minutes because that's how long the vegetables will take. And then all those timers will go off at the different times. That's kind of Yeah, that is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And it's funny because uh, I, I can do it. Uh, you, you have things called uh, skills and you can set up all these different skills to work. And I really haven't looked into it other than I set up an exercise skill uh, so I can touch it and I can say, uh, do the seven minute exercise. And it will start doing that seven minute exercise where, you know, you do like uh, 30 seconds of 12 different exercises. And then she, t- but it doesn't mix it up and it will tell the, so it tells you the same joke over and over again. You know, like I'll say, uh, when you do a plank, uh, you're, you're, you're stiff as a board. Ha ha. <laughs> you know, like, okay, can you like mix it up a little bit there, honey? You know, <laughs> but it also works with, um, from what other people have said, it works better than Siri with, uh, things around the house with, uh, home automation mm-hmm. with lights and with, with door locks and, uh, uh, thermostats and different things like that, which I don't do. But it's supposed to work really well. See, we didn't um, do a big techie thing for Christmas this year, but we did get a home security camera for the outside. We got some door locks. We did do some more home automation for us, which we really like. Um, And the only, like, you know how I love gadgets. The only gadget, I mean, we have all the gadgets. I do, I will have to say something though, is my, I bought my husband a Jackery uh, portable charger. you know, when he travels, because, you know, sometimes you don't have great battery life and it's, you know, we use it all the time. So his was kind of, I would say that his was maybe five inches by say two and a half. So it wasn't small. I have one that's um, probably about five inches, but it's one inch. It's like a little um, cube. I love it. So I use that a lot. Well, when he was in China, it got, his got confiscated 
because they could not read. It had scratched off about how many megahertz it was. So they, they confiscated it. He's like, but it's made in China. That's what he told them. (laughs) They said, sorry. So anyway, I bought him another one, uh, which is nice. I got him a nice black one um, for Christmas. And the other thing that I bought him that got rated, uh, got rated pretty well was remember how Vicky, I think on her gadget list, it was um, this, it was a USB and a lightning adapter that goes onto your key ring. Mm-hmm. Well, that one didn't mm-hmm. get. I I noticed as I was ordering it. Number one, it was back ordered forever, and two, people were saying that it broke easily. So I found this other one that um, I, I I'll try to find the. I'll put the link in the show notes. It was really great, and it's it's this little gizmo that you attach to your keyring, and you open it up like say for instance if you had it like a a lighter, you know, like a cigarette lighter. Of course, not anybody smokes anymore. I'm sure. But you open it up like that, and one side has the lightning adapter, and the other side has the USB um, adapt, uh, USB cable. So it's really, really nice. It's very, very convenient, and very, it's much smaller. So, and it's covered, you know, when you're not using it. So it, you know, it's not going to get broken off or anything. And I'll, I'll put the show links, and I'll go to Amazon and, and put that. But now I'm sorry I didn't get myself one. So I think I'm going to buy myself one because I always need one. You need mm-hmm. an adapter. Yeah. The other thing I bought was an Eero. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. I got that in September to replace my Airport Extreme. The way my house was set up is I had the Airport Extreme, and then I had on the other side of the house the Airport Express to extend the signal. But we still had dead zones in the house. So I said, okay, let me give this a shot, the mesh network. So I bought an Eero, and knock wood, so far so good. So you're liking it? Yeah. Yeah. And I've spoke with Dave Hamilton. I kind of went back and forth with him a little bit because he's very knowledgeable when it comes to the different mesh networks. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been, he's familiar. There's, there's a bunch of them. And it's like every day you keep hearing about a new one. There's Luma. There's, um, I think, Amplify. Uh, Google, I believe. I'm not sure if it's already out or if there, it's going to be out soon. But Google is in the process of working, uh, making one. But Eero, he gave a lot of high marks. And a lot of it depends on what you need as a user. Yeah. You know, how much how much configuration do you need to do? I don't. And Eero was just basically almost a plug and play kind of idea. And what's kind of cool about it too is, um, let me open up my phone. There's a, you set it up with an app and it gets set up through that. But now what it does is every day it'll give you a speed test, tell you how fast everything is uploading and downloading. But it'll tell, like right now it says, I have 11 devices currently on the network. So if you click on that, it just says, you know, my Amazon Dot, my Amazon Tot, um, my Tap, my iPad, my iPad Air, my iPhone, et cetera, et cetera. And now if I like click on Living Room, it'll tell me um, what devices are on the Living Room. Hmm. You know, so which, which devices are using which router? Because, see, I have Airport Extreme, but I like it. You know, to be honest with you, it, it, so far, so good. Mm-hmm. You know, until until it, uh, you know, decides not to work anymore. But it has saved me because, you know, when we had to bring my iMac in, I had to do a, you know, a, a race and I had to do a reinstall. So I had to reinstall everything. They didn't want me to go from a time machine back up. They wanted me to... Um, they wanted me to do everything manually, which was a royal pain. So I hope I never have to do that again. 
I think, you know, if we were, you know, besides the tech stuff, I don't know if anybody has had any problems with this, but this is beyond irritating. And I am really, really, really mad at Adobe. For those people that have Epson printers and in, I'm, I'm thinking like the 38, thir- uh, the 3880, which I have, um, I have, I've been running Photoshop CS 5.5 for quite a while now. And I like it. I didn't upgrade to six because I didn't really feel I needed. I mean, 5.5 does everything I want it to do. Well, at Christmas time, I had some prints. I had done some mono prints and some um, artwork that I wanted to print out and frame and give to, you know, to a couple of people. And when I went to print it out on my 3880, um, it will print with my matte ink. It will not print with my photo ink. Every time I hit print, it crashed. So I was, I thought, what the heck? So I started researching it to find out if, you know, did I need to reinstall another driver for the Epson? Um, you know, was it an Apple thing? Was it an Adobe thing? Was it an Epson thing? So I, you know, tried to diagnose the problem. Well, what it is, it's Adobe. When Sierra came out, the communication between Photoshop 5.5 and some of the Epson printers ceased. Now, Adobe had all of that information about Sierra for over a year, and they never did a fix. So there are a lot of people like me that either are going to be forced to upgrade to Photoshop 6 or not be able to use their Epson printer. And I can't even, you know, when I went on some of these forums, people are so upset and angry because this is their, some people, this is their livelihood. So, you know, I think that's really nasty of Adobe to do, not to have a fix, just a patch. So you can use your Adobe print, I mean, your Epson printer with your Photoshop 5.5. It'd be one thing I could understand it if it was CS4 or CS5, but you know, this is the previous version and they can't make it work with, you know, play nice with Sierra. So I thought, well, maybe I could downgrade um, to what uh, Yosemite or, you know, El Capitan. But, you know, again, that's the only thing it doesn't work with. So, yeah, I'm. I'm and you shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't have to do that. And plus, Apple gives people plenty, you know, the developers have plenty of notice. It's not like, oh, by the way, tomorrow we're going to be dropping this new uh, operating system. Yeah, because that's what people are angry about. And I don't blame them because I'm angry too. Because, you know, I really haven't printed out for a while. And, you know, now I was going to do some major printing out of my, on my Epson. And I thought, are you kidding me? But, but again, I was printing matte. So it has two inks, two black inks. It has your photo black for glossy luster paper, or it has matte for your, like your, you know, your Somerset velvet, you know, your, your matte papers. And I have been using, you know, matte paper. So I never noticed it because it wasn't a problem. The minute I switched my inks over, I couldn't get it to print at all, which was very, very frustrating. So I had to go to an outside printer. Um, you know, and pay for it, which, you know, when you pay this much money for a printer and you pay that much money for Photoshop, you would think you, you know, they would pay attention to that. I think Adobe's really getting, you know, I know we had talked about uh, uh, Tim Cook and being the head of Apple, but I'm not impressed with Adobe at all. I'm pretty upset with them right now. They've pretty much, I think, forsaken the the user of their products that is not in a company. 
you know, that really doesn't need creative cloud because they've really pushed creative cloud ever since they've come out with it. And even their iOS apps, when you have your iOS apps, like, and they have some really good ones. I really like um, their sketch app. I think it's, it, it's just a terrific app to, to draw with. They really are pushing you to creative cloud, you know, so I don't know. I think a lot of these developers are saying, yeah, we'll support you. You can buy these individual apps, but we'd rather you do the subscription. Yeah, exactly. And it's not always necessary to do the subscription. No, I'm getting really tired of the subscription services. Again, I think it's just oh, it's just so many. It's like in-app purchases. Every app you buy now has an in-app purchase if you want to use it, you know, to its its uh to its highest potential. The same thing with uh, software applications, you know, for the Mac or anything. If you want to really be able to use the the potentiality of the of the application, you have to get the subscription service. Well, not everybody needs a subscription service. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of functions within it that like one password. I love one password. I don't want a subscription. Exactly. I just want to buy it. I just want to buy it and I want to use it. And I'll pay for the upgrades because I've been doing it since like, I don't know, 2006 or something like that. I've been using it for a really long time. And when it's a paid upgrade, I pay for it because it's worth it. I don't want to subscribe. Yeah. Just let me pay for it and and be done. I agree. Totally agree. The other thing that I bought uh, at Christmas time was uh, a Sonos Play One. Oh, you did? Kurt Blanchard loves his. I did. He bought two oh, okay. to make stereo sound. Yeah. I just bought the one. But it's 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 cool, you know. When I got it, and I sh- showed my husband, and I said, "Look, I can like listen to Apple Music. I can listen to Amazon or Pandora because it's strictly Wi-Fi. Uh, you have to have uh, Wi-Fi through the house in order to use it. It's not a Bluetooth speaker." And I got you know the usual husband blank stare, like, "Okay." <laughs> so he he just doesn't care. But I think it's kind of cool. But you know, I've heard such good things about it too. Yeah, and it was on sale for. They're normally two hundred dollars. I got on a sale for one hundred and fifty. Yeah, that's not too bad. Yeah, and the last I checked, and it's been a while, it was one hundred and seventy. Let me see if uh, Amazon, if it's a permanent. I'm not sure if it was a permanent discount or if it was just a sale. Let me just check Amazon because I didn't buy it there just in case. Um, Sonos Play One is. On, okay, it's back to one ninety nine. So it's one hundred ninety four right now on Amazon, but everywhere else it'll be one hundred ninety nine. But you can get really, really expensive. They have a Play Five for five hundred dollars. The sound bar is. Um, let's see, they don't have the sound bar here. But if I remember correctly, it was something like six hundred some odd dollars for your television. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that won't be happening. Now the. Play 5, I guess, is if you have a bigger room and you really want a lot of sound. I think the Play 1 is pretty loud. I find that when you use, like when I use Apple Music and I have a couple of speakers, I have a Bose, um, the SoundLink, and I have another one downstairs. It's a Harman Kardon. Um, They're both Bluetooth. When that music comes on, it comes off really loud. I mean, you have to run right over and turn it down. You know, that's when I wish you could just say, hey, Siri, turn down the music, but it doesn't work. I've tried it. Yeah, because I I find that the Amazon product does. 
I can say to it, you know, increase volume, decrease volume, yeah. and it will. Yeah. Yeah, it does, not with my sound link. It doesn't. Hmm. Any other changes in technology for 2016 before we wrap up? Not for me. I'm, well, I'll get the new phone this year. I'm curious to see what the new phone's going to be. I'm actually quite excited about it. Yeah. I told my husband that if the uh, iPhone 8 comes out in the fall, like it does every year, and it looks interesting, I said, I may just give you my <laughs> iPhone 7, and I'll get the 8. He's like, oh, good, hand-me-downs. Because <laughs> I think the only phone – well, no, actually, his 3GS was new, and his 4S was new. But he's he's got my 5S. But that's what usually, you know, dad gets the hand-me-downs, but he doesn't care. He will use that 5S until it falls apart in his hand. He does not care. I can't imagine not caring. See, I just, that does, it's so foreign to me because I absolutely live for the new stuff that comes out. Like the MacBook Pro until I research a little bit and think, oh, this isn't quite what I was thinking of buying. So Yeah. He's just not a technology person. He just doesn't care. So when I tell him, you know, I'm all excited because, you know, such and such is coming out or look, look at this. Isn't this the coolest thing? Isn't this the greatest speaker? Look, I got an echo for or a, 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 a dot for our room. And he just, I, okay. That's funny. He, he, he doesn't care. It's, he doesn't have the technology gene. And most of my kids really don't care that much either. Well, my husband's an engineer and my son is a computer scientist. So, yeah, I, we definitely have it here. <laughs> and yeah. the problem is, is we're very competitive with each other. So it's like, who knows more? It's, and, of course, our, our mm-hmm. son is always going to win. But it, it's, it's nice mm-hmm. trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we would love to hear from you. Did you get any new technology over Christmas time or anything in 2016 that's new to you that you'd love to share with us? We would love to hear it. You can contact us at 3geekyladies.com with the number three spelled out. All our contact information is there. We uh, thank you so much for listening. We hope you had a wonderful holiday season and a great new year and a wonderful start to 2017. We will talk to you next time. Bye. Chapel of the Essential Mac and the Rampant Mumblings podcast. And this is Carl Madden of the Mac and Forth Show podcast. You know what, Carl? No, never met him. But it's funny how many people ask. No, no, no. I mean, you know what we should do? Get better riders? Well, that goes without saying. No, I think we should merge. Excuse me? Rampant Mumblings, Essential Mac, Mac and Forth should merge. Sounds messy. No, no, no. It'll be good. We can still have all the incisive news, views and opinions of Rampant Mumblings and Essential Mac along with... Well, whatever Mac and Forth has to offer. Hmm. And what should we call this new monster? Uh, I mean, venture. Well, it's still essentially an Apple-related show. So why not, how do you like those apples? Catchy. But does it essentially sum up what an Apple show should be about? All right. How about get your apples here, an apple a day, chatty apple, happy pie. Oh, oh, just apple. No, we essentially need something that is more Apple-related. Monkey tennis. Huh? No, no, no. We just need something essentially Apple that lets people know we will essentially be discussing Apple-related things. You knuckleheads, just call your new podcast the Essential Apple Podcast for when people have essentially run out of good podcasts to listen to. Should have gone with monkey tennis.